Hey there, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Bible in Life podcast. And not only that, welcome to a new year. It is 2023. Hard to believe that 2022 is gone. I feel like the particularly the last half of the year just raced by. And here we are, brand new year, first episode of the year. And by the time you're listening to this, I will have just completed a hip replacement surgery. So I'll be recovering at home. And so if you would, uh, lift me up in prayer for a smooth recovery that I can get back to work and get back to studying and writing and recording and uploading and all the things that go with the Bible and Life podcast, the listener's commentary, and this entire online ministry. So uh, thanks again for being a part of the Bible and Life family. Thanks for those of you who support this ministry uh, with your generosity and your prayers. God continues to amaze me with the things he's doing through not only this podcast, the Bible and Life, but also through the listener's commentary all around the world. Uh, I get emails from people in various places, Czech Republic, South Africa, uh, Canada, UK, Australia, here in the States, just all around the world. I get uh, emails just encouraging me by what people say they're learning and studying and how it's re-energized their faith. And that's only possible because Uh, of the support and generosity of people like you. So thanks a ton for that. And may God continue to bless you. May he continue to draw you to himself as you seek and serve him. Leading up to Christmas, we started an Advent series. And we are going to finish that today. So we called it Advent 2022. Here we are, 2023. And we're finishing our Advent 2022 series on this episode. And the reason for that, and I think it's really apropos we're starting a new year with it, is because here we are, 2,000 years removed from the initial fulfillment of our Advent hope. Jesus came, and yet, as we noted in last week's episode, even though Jesus came, he lived, he died, he rose again, even though the Spirit has been poured out, we're still waiting. We're still waiting for the ultimate fulfillment of our Advent hope. And as we noted in last week's episode, we said we live in this in-between time between the already and the not yet, where redemption has been begun, but it hasn't been fully realized yet. We're still waiting for the final and complete fulfillment of all the things that God had promised. So just as Israel was waiting and longing and hoping for the Messiah to come when Gabriel appeared to Mary 2,000 years ago, so now we as well are still waiting and longing and hoping for Messiah to come again. And then that raises a question, well, what exactly are we waiting for? What exactly are we hoping for? And surprisingly, There's actually a decent amount of misunderstanding among this, about this, among uh, Bible-believing people. Like, what are we hoping for? What are we waiting for? And the reason I say there's a decent amount of misunderstanding about this is somewhere along the lines, we got the notion that our hope is to go to heaven when we die. And while it's true that the New Testament writers do talk about uh, going to be with the Lord when you die, they don't pitch that as the main thing we're hoping for. Um, That's sort of like a kind of a 
a preliminary thing where even those who have died and gone to be with the Lord are still waiting for the final realization of our hope. And so here we are waiting and longing and hoping. And what is it that we're waiting and hoping for? So let me read just some excerpts from one particular passage to get us started. That is, let me read from Romans chapter 8. I'm going to pick up in verse 10 and just read some excerpts out of Romans chapter 8, make a few comments as I go, because Romans 8 does a great job at pointing our eyes forward to what we're waiting for. So Romans chapter 8, picking up in verse 10, it says this, if Christ is in you, then though the body is dead or dying because of sin, yet the spirit is life because of righteousness. Notice that contrast, body and spirit. And then it says this in verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that is, if the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And notice that, that God, through his spirit, intends to give life to your mortal body. That's what Paul says. It's not just that you die and then you go as a spirit to heaven and you flitter and float around as a spirit for all eternity. That's not what we're hoping for. What we're hoping for here is for the resurrection of the body. Like just as Jesus was raised from the dead, God intends to raise our mortal bodies out of death as well and give us a new resurrection body. That's everywhere present in the New Testament. It's all over the New Testament writings that that's what our, our personal individual hope is, is resurrection. That's what we're waiting for. That's what we're looking forward to, for God to give us a new resurrected body. Continuing reading in Romans chapter 8, picking up now in verse 16, Paul continues and he says, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit. So God's very own spirit testifies with or to our spirit that indeed we are children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. In other words, we're going to inherit everything that Christ inherited. And if we suffer with him, that we will also be glorified with him. So we're waiting for uh, our mortal bodies to be resurrected. We're looking forward to inheriting uh, along with Jesus all things and being glorified with him. So this new state we're going to enter into is not only resurrection, it's glorification, being glorified, whatever that entails and what all that means. Paul continues on in verse 18 and says, for, and he's explaining this idea of being glorified, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time, so here we live in the tension between the already and the not yet, and that means we have some of the good things of salvation and redemption now, but we don't have everything we're looking forward to. That's why it's hard. That's why there's still disease and death, temptation and sin. That's why there's still spiritual struggle to do what's right, because we live in this tension between redemption being started but not being complete 
completed. We live in the in-between time, and so now we suffer. So he says, I consider the sufferings of this present moment in time, in this tension place, that they're not worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed to us. So he's explaining our glorification, this future state we're looking forward to. And whatever it all involves, like it's the, like the sufferings and the difficulties of living for the Lord right now don't hold a candle to the glory uh, that is going to, to be revealed to us in the future. And then he explains further, verse 19, for the eagerly awaiting creation waits. Notice creation itself here is waiting it's longing. It's looking for. This is the idea of uh, personifying creation as if it's hoping and longing and waiting itself, waiting for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. So creation is waiting for the day when those of us who are God's people are revealed in all our glory. When our resurrection and our glorification happens, creation knows it'll be good news for itself, for creation itself. And then Paul explains further, verse 24, the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. So creation was subjected to futility in hope that the creation itself, the physical world, the earth, the stars, the sky, the universe, right? In this physical world, um, will, that the creation itself will also be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. And so those of us who are God's family, God's children, when we are glorified and fully redeemed and resurrected, creation itself is going to be fully redeemed. And the sufferings and the sickness and the natural disasters, all the stuff that makes life on planet Earth difficult is going to be done away with and creation itself will be set free into the glory that comes with us becoming fully redeemed children of God. For we know, he says, verse 22, that the whole creation groans and suffers as if in the pains of childbirth together until now. Not only that, but we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, we've experienced the beginning of our redemption and resurrection and glorification, but not the end of it. Having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, Look at this, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons and daughters. And then he clarifies what he means, the redemption of our body. So our glorification entails our resurrection and the redemption of our body for in hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he already sees. We don't have it yet. We're still waiting for it. We're still hoping for it. But if we hope for what we do not see through perseverance, through endurance, we wait eagerly for. And so this is what we're looking forward to. We're not just merely looking forward to going to heaven when we die. We're looking forward to the physical creation, including our body being redeemed and restored and renewed. We're looking forward to the restoration of all things, of all things, heaven and earth and our physical self everything put back to proper working order. For now, it's not, but we're looking forward to that. And so we've experienced phase one of our redemption, but phase two means the restoration and renewal of all things. And that's our ultimate hope. That's what we're looking forward to. 
And the New Testament writers, Paul, Peter, and others who mention that that's what we're, we're looking forward to, they, they weren't just making this stuff up. This was included in their scriptures, included in the Hebrew prophets, that God was going to do this great work of restoring all things. The difference was they thought when Messiah came and the Spirit was poured out, it would happen immediately. But it didn't happen immediately. It, it happened uh, in an initial phase. It started with the resurrection of Messiah and the pouring out of the Spirit. But we're still waiting for it to be completed. And that's that already, but not yet. But they got the idea. They knew this is what God wanted to do. So let me read you Isaiah 65, verses 17 through 20. Listen to what it says. For, behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former things will not be remembered or come to mind. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. And there will no longer be heard in her the voice of weeping and the sound of crying. No longer will there be in it an infant who lives only a few days or an old person who doesn't live out his days. In other words, I'm going to fix all this. I'm going to create a new heavens and a new earth, and it'll be a place of rejoicing and gladness, not weeping and suffering and hardship and mourning. It'll be a place of long life um, for all of God's people. Well, the New Testament writers pick up on this. And so, for example, 2 Peter chapter 3 says this, verse 13, But according to his promise, we are looking for a new heavens and a new earth. Well, where did Peter Get the notion of this promise? We just read it. Isaiah 65. God had promised a new heavens and a new earth. And Peter says, according to that promise, that's what we're waiting for. That's what we're longing for. That's what we're looking forward to is a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. That is in which everything is right. Justice prevails. God's righteousness has come, and everything is the way it's supposed to be. This is a world of complete shalom, harmony between uh, man and God, harmony between men and women, harmony between uh, human beings and the natural order harmony within the natural order itself, that there is complete harmony and peace and shalom in all dimensions of this new heavens and this new earth. In keeping with the spirit of this Advent series, where we quoted several Christmas carols that tied into the themes that we were talking about, here we don't quote a Christmas carol, but an old hymn. There's an old hymn that says this, this is my father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my father's world. The battle is not done. Jesus who died will be satisfied and earth and heaven be one. That's what we're looking forward to. That's our ultimate hope where earth and heaven are one. Uh, this is why the book of Revelation portrays the end of all things, the restoration of all things. Revelation portrays that with imagery from the Garden of Eden. It's like 
Eden Revisited, but it's more than Eden. It's like Eden on steroids. It's Eden now renewed, restored, bigger and greater and stronger and grander than ever. And that's really the homesickness that all humans have felt ever since the fall recorded in Genesis chapter 3. We've we've had this kind of longing, this uh, almost this homesickness, at times kind of a nostalgia for a world that we've never enjoyed, but somehow we sense deep in our being. And uh, it's, it's like a world that's been lost. And it's almost, as I said, a nostalgia that echoes in the recesses of our soul. And we don't even know why. Uh, It's what C.S. Lewis meant by this stab of joy that was so sweet and so piercing, but then it was gone and it left you longing for more. And it's like we have that kind of deep within our human soul because we're made for another world. We're made for a world in which righteousness dwells. It's been lost, but it's coming again. It's coming again when he comes again and he will restore all things. N.T. Wright, a New Testament scholar that uh, I love a lot of his writings, recently put it this way. He said, in Jesus, God brought heaven and earth together, right? And in him, all the fullness of deity dwelt in bodily form. So in Jesus, God brought heaven and earth together. And in his second coming, that joining together of earth and heaven will be complete. This is the Advent hope. This is what we're looking forward to, the joining together of heaven and earth, finally, fully, completely, once and for all, earth and heaven shall be one. And that's why the story of the Bible ends in Revelation 21 this way. The Apostle John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Do you hear the echo of Isaiah 65, 2 Peter chapter 3? Then I saw a new heaven. And a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away. And there's no longer any sea. The sea represents chaos in uh, the kind of the thought world of the ancient world. And so there's no longer any chaos, anything to ruin God's good world. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. Again, Isaiah 65, I create a Jerusalem, a new Jerusalem there in Isaiah 65. John clarifies here, I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among the people, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death, there will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. That, my friends, is what we're looking forward to. The restoration of all things, the joining together of heaven and earth fully and finally and completely, the glorification of ourselves and the resurrection of our bodies to dwell forever in a perfect, renewed uh, earth, uh, living under a perfect, brand new, restored heavens um, where God is all in all and where he himself dwells among us in this new earth, in this new world forever and ever and ever. That's our hope, the restoration and renewal of all things. That's what we're looking forward to. 
That's the Advent hope. And so here we are in the present time, waiting, longing, and hoping. And what we're waiting for is the renewal and restoration of all things. May that give you courage and strength to live faithfully, even now, with the difficulties and the hardships and the temptations and the sufferings, to be faithful to him who called you to himself and who laid down his life for you and who intends to bring you into that new world someday when he deems the time is right. Wait, long, pray, and hope, and live faithful, faithfully for him as you look forward to the restoration of all things. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bible and Life podcast. I pray that this year starts off right and that this year God draws you deeper to himself and you get to know him more and more as you seek him and walk with him through Jesus Christ. God bless you guys. I look forward to talking with you again next week.